Well, it's that time again, people. Idiots versus idiots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just, big man, did you know that today I, I was walking around in the store um, and I heard somebody, they were watching a foreign language program on their phone, full volume, just waiting for the pharmacy to, to, to call their name. Full volume, and I, okay. Yep, and I didn't reach over and drop a shelf on them, an entire <laughs> shelving unit. So, so you restrained yourself is what you're saying, all right. And all I want is for somebody to pat me on the back for not destroying this person's <laughs> life. Probably an old person that can hear. But I, So yes, I'm giving you your pat on the back for not Thank destroying you. someone for violating your social what, audio space. It's, no, it's it's... People have no shame. We're in public. Don't and uh, don't do that. I don't care what language it is in. Don't do that. Oh, so it's not the foreign language. You're not being ist no. again. You're, you're, Hold on. You're... I speak three languages, so I don't no, care. I I'm just saying. I'm yeah, just saying. That, and it was in Vietnamese, so not someone that I uh, naturally like. I don't have a blood feud with them. <laughs> So let's get rolling. This first story, you know, for my boomer co-host, Big This Man. is a business and marketplace news show, by the way. That's correct. All right. For the first time ever, Big Man got it correct without me having to fix it. It only took me like 12, 13 episodes. So yeah, right. This first story is so much fun because I got to educate this ancient dinosaur. Who's, <sighs> uh, him and his brothers, when they were younger in Dallas... Uh, they got a car shipped to them in the Sears catalog. <laughs> and they screwed it was a it barn, together. by the way. Not a car. <laughs> it was a barn. But yes. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so he's old enough that, you know, he's a he's a boomer in spirit. So this website called Mischief, man, I, I know that you took a look. You looked into it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's mschf.xyz. I remember when I was on the phone with Big Man because he still dials people and calls yes, like this. Yes, I actually pick up the phone, and that's called a rotary phone, by the way. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, I still pick up the phone and call people, and I you had to literally spell this out like four times because not I that. thought I was, I was getting it wrong because yes. I typed in the stupid web address, and it's a DOS-based web. It's not, it's a not DOS even a web page. The, the UI looks like it's DOS. Right. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? It looks like a DOS. So I thought I was getting it wrong. I thought I was getting to a bad web page because it didn't look like a web page. Yeah, and Danny's good. like, no, that's it. <laughs> that's it. You got that's there. It. You, you got there. This company uh, is a, what I would call a memetic. You know, that's an incorrect usage of that term. But they produce and manufacture viral products such as the rubber chicken bong. I, I forget what the original <laughs> name was. And the, the squeaky chicken. Puff the squeaky chicken. Yes. They also made uh, a, nice, a pair of Nikes. It says walk on water or something like Jesus or something. Well, they called it Jesus shoes because the, That's correct. the, the, the uh, water what do you call, the water inside the shoes was holy yeah. water, right? $3,000 a piece, by the way. And they only do, of each one of these dumb things, they only make 1,000 units. So it's So it's really smart about what they do is it's, it takes that kind of supreme model of hyper, hyper exclusivity, and it applies it to an array of products. 
Well, that look, and this I read a couple of articles. This guy recently sat down with Business in, Business Insider, and the reason he was able to do that is here's a person that doesn't use a standard website that's created some exclusivity, and we've talked about exclusivity on the show and right. how important that is. We've also talked about how, an audience. How, building an audience, and that's the two things that this person has done right off the bat. They've created exclusivity, right. and they've created an audience because these aren't normal things you can't go out and get. They are curating, creating, right, and then sending out these products. You can't get them anywhere else. They are creating products from scratch. One of my favorite of which was their last one, which was a toaster-shaped um, bath bomb. Nice. So a toaster that you yeah. throw in the bath. Right. Because that's funny, right? Like a, yes. A, 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 here's a toaster you throw in your bath. And so that's a, connecting to one of our other stories and the general um, sensibility in the marketplace is that Goofs, jokes, memes. This is a business. Your dad told you you can't make money from memes. Ha ha. In your face, dad. <laughs> well, I'm making and that's money for memes now. And here's what I do appreciate about at least the two guys running this ship. This is only a 10 person operation, by the way. Um, but this 10-person operation is what I was about to get to all ago. The reason they got a meeting with Business Insider and the articles that are being written about them is because you say, if you go, hey, this is a 10-person operation, they're developing right, What was that word? They got articles Articles written about them. Written about them. The reason we are talking about a 10-person operation that only sells 1,000 products at a time is because this 10-person operation that's only selling 1,000 products at a time got an $8 million round of funding to create— Who funded them? It was an angel investor, an anonymous angel investor. No, 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 no. No, a lot of angel investors— uh, do anonymous well anonymous when it comes to them. they okay. go through a company yeah, right yeah, yeah. does that make sense so eight yeah. million they just finished an eight million dollar round of funding that's why their business insider went and talked to these people it's like wait a minute whoa, whoa. ten people in the company you're creating Jesus shoes and you right. you just raised eight million bucks right like no, that's they worthy do. yeah but they do a drop every two weeks. So, yeah, they're selling a limited quantity of something, but every two weeks. And listen, what uh, CoffeeZilla, a fellow YouTuber, some of his content's fascinating, some of it's whatever. Um, he's one of these anti-scam people, but I'm like, isn't everything kind of a scam well, kind okay. of person? Scam, look, That's again, the these people have built an audience that are willing right. to buy the 1,000 units every two weeks. That's all okay. that matters. That's it. Yes. It doesn't matter what the product so, is. These people are selling exactly. out hours. Hours, not days. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you won't just interrupt me while I'm trying to, like, just, I'm talking about a, a fellow, a YouTuber. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So a lot of his content is anti-scam or whatever, and that's fine. But he was, he just brought this up. And he did a he he did a little more research than I was gonna ever do, In and he mischief? figured out, yes, about mischief. Okay. And here's what he figured out: there is another company, a subsidiary or sister company to mischief, called Circo Global. 
Now, yes, it is entirely true. Mischief only sells a, a certain volume, a certain of the of a vintage that they create. They create a product. There's a, there's a limited number of them. So they are staying true to. It's not like you know Dodge. They said we're only going to make this certain number of Dodge Demons, and they go, "Holy crap, we sold all of them in a month." <laughs> okay, now we're only going to make a bunch of Dodge right. Super Stocks. That's right. Sure. Right. It has one horsepower less than the Demon. But it comes with all the same stuff, different wheels, super stuff. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Um, I know someone's going to comment that I got something wrong about that, but the point is I don't care because screw them. I'm a better person than they are. Well, the point is, is they changed something small to make sure that so they not, created a, not a liable issue. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, but I get what you're going. So CoffeeZilla goes uh, f and figures out that a company called Circo Global so they're looking at their so they have all of this data now of what is selling well, what isn't selling well, so on and so forth. Um, Circo Global is turning around and the popular products like the fried chicken bong are being sold by Circo Global without any sort of whatever. And these are actually Mischief is the company that partnered with David Dobrik to give away the puzzles. David Dobrik had, uh, I think it was called the David Dobrik Puzzle or something. I forget the exact whatever, but it, there was a $10,000 giveaway. You put together this puzzle of a QR code. You scan the QR code. You figure out how much money you win, if any. And I think the top winner, the top one was 10000 or something like that. And it was actually Mischief that partnered, or Circle Global rather, I don't know who, one of these two partnered with David Dobrik to do it, which is why uh, like, when I started learning about what Mischief was, I was like, hey, that puzzle looks familiar. Mm. Well, look, again, and you're right about, okay, I didn't know these two companies were, if you don't connected. look into it and you go, okay, these two companies are connected, you would make the same mistake that you and I did originally with, okay, is this company trying to scam off of that company and just making more of that? Are they trying to knock it off, knock right? it off because... and whatever. And oh, by the way, not I, to me, that's not necessarily a scam. There, there's not a whole lot of new shoe technology out there that is, you know what I mean? Like there, there are different shoe designs and stuff like that, but they're all knocking off of knocking off of knocking off, right? It's kind of the world that we live in. If you can tweak a product and make it a little better or a little, you know what I mean? A little right. worse and cheaper, people will buy it. Fidget spinners, when they first came out a couple of years ago, if you know what fidget spinners are, the little of things course. you course. You know, my boys wanted them had to have them and in the beginning they were expensive they were 20 bucks a piece or something like that and then everybody started knocking them off and they just they're everywhere right for a dollar a piece yes. or, or whatever right so, so i i was incorrect it's a hundred thousand dollar puzzle by david dobrik and it okay. is from circo.global circle so again i and the fact that this company hey that's brilliant to me they, they yes. created what looks like a knockoff, and they're still making money. Good for them, right? What I do, I keep going back to this Business Insider article because I, there are certain people that you come across that to me are quote worthy, right? Right. Like that they ask a question. I don't right. know whether these two owners of this company are just telling a story because sometimes people are actors, Right. Or right. they actually are these people because they sound like the right people to be running this kind of operation because they say things that are just kind of kind of weird. Like we're trying to do stuff that the world can't even define, right? Or okay. um, we're not here in the marketplace. Uh, we're not here to make the world a better place. 
we're making light of how much everything sucks. Okay, I mean, listen, I agree with that sentiment on some level because I despise, despise mm-hmm. when companies, and, and this is this has to do with, this is a kind of a political thing, but they start talking about their social impact. We're going to change lives. And if you watched Silicon Valley. He's talking Valley, about me, folks. He's talking about uh, me. If, yeah, basically, if you watched Silicon Valley, the TV show on HBO, they mean this. They make fun of this, like, we're changing lives. You're you're making a chat room, okay? And it's getting bought by a company for a couple, like, $28 billion, okay? Nobody wants, your dumb chat room is not saving lives. But the point is, if your dumb chat room is making money, that means it's paying employees, and those employees are in turn buying groceries, buying homes, getting married, having children, because there is a company that's making a profit. So it all comes back to a very Ayn Randian point of profits are good. And yes. this whole social, having a social cause attached to your business makes me feel gross inside. I just want commerce to be direct. Everything isn't so bad. Everything is absolutely fantastic. We just have to stop having this silly, inane, stop it. useless stop dialogue it. about cynic. saving your planet. You are a cynic. You are sitting here on a show called Idiots vs. Idiots trying to share your knowledge and share your sentiment with other people. You yeah. are currently benefiting from helping other people. Currently. No, the, you are yeah, currently but, benefiting. I'm not doing it to help other people. That is a side effect. That is a side effect. That is a happy side effect of me trying to do money. Of you making money. No, that's correct. That's bull. Whatever. Bullshit. It's bullshit. Let's get back to this story because this is the point, right? This is the story. We are the story. story. We are the story. Whatever. Here's my favorite quote from the article. If we can make people a fan of the brand and not the product, we can right. do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. <laughs> it's he literally just said what everybody at Supreme is thinking but will never say because it will damage their reputation. And there is a quality to that mm-hmm. transparency of going, Yeah, we can just do whatever we want and we know that because we made you a fan of the brand. And to me, to somebody like me, that that level of transparency makes me like them even more. I understand that, but two things. One, you are in the minority of that sentiment, by the way. Are you calling me a minority? No, I'm call said you were in you the minority a- of that sentiment. <laughs> and two I will have this, you know that this, Indian people are over, the world's largest population. Over and over, it's been shown in business over and right. over again that this sentiment of we'll do whatever the hell we want as long as we're making money is only as it only works as long as you're on top, as long as you're making money. This is in the NFL, in sports all the time. If you're a great player, you can get away with highway murder, right? 
if you're not a great player, you don't get away with the right. same things. Totally. So in this way, I they can have this attitude as mischief right now. They're selling a thousand products, you know what I mean, varying in prices from hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars. They're making a crap ton of money. Investors are happy. Everybody's happy. And you can have that attitude as long as you're turning that kind of profit. Yeah, and let me put it to you this way. I think these guys, because they have Circle Global as a secondary business that takes their um, – takes their highest profiting and best-selling products, they turn them into a longer-term play. What I think, though, is is smart is they can go create another company that competes with Mischief and say, Mischief sucks, blah, 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 but they're also controlling that one. Absolutely. So, well, a controlled opposition business, play. Right? And, and again, leverage all the different business, but... You, this only I think this kind of company mischief in this way with this kind of personality right. only lasts there's a shelf life to it you can yes. only be the bad guy for so long you can only be that 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 personality as much as I agree with you from the res, you respect their transparency it only lasts so long yeah so I agree with what yeah you're correct it's only going to last so long and as an entrepreneur, as a business guy, my thought process is always, dude, if you can go scoop up 10 million bucks and put it in your pocket on some fly-by-night, not scheme, not scam, legitimate business that only lasts two or three years or something, and it's just, boop, right? It's, it's Beanie Babies. You made some money, and now it's over. Well, Go find something else. That's why my point is, is these kind of upfront, blatantly in your face have a shelf life. I can't turn around and go make, let's say I make a toaster and that, yeah. I, a dollar and it's, I sell it for a dollar. I can't make a tagline that says this is a shitty toaster because it's a dollar. Now you and I may think, hey, I respect the guy for calling this toaster he's making and selling for a dollar. I respect mm. that he says it's a shitty toaster, but it works. It's a dollar. What do you want? Right? right, but I, it's not going to last long. Not many people are right. going to buy it. Somebody's going to make a toaster for a dollar and say it's a quality toaster, right? right. That's the toaster that. But lasts. then charge five dollars for it. Exactly, and pe but people are trained to go ahead and buy that five dollar toaster forever. Yeah. Versus this, it has a shelf life. Yeah, and so, but I'm saying, and this is, you know, we want to tie it back to some lesson because apparently, we have to help our audience grow or something. <laughs> Yes, Danny. Yes, go ahead. There is nothing wrong with saying, I'm going to go start a business. I know it's going to have a two or three year shelf life, but I'm going to extract five, 10, $15 million in the process. And then I'm going to go become a real estate investor. I'm going to become a You don't even have to do that. That's the thing. beautiful thing about today's world is these people could ride this wave as long as it's working for them. And right. the minute that they see that they can't sell a thousand of these in a couple of hours, sell the pivot. company. Pivot, yeah. sell it, or even pivot and say, oh, well, we're changing our model, guys. We're now yes. going to be happy-go-lucky, and Whatever. we're going to sell more normal products. And how many websites have started Whatever. out with some kind of niche? We've talked about them several times on the show. Yeah. That started out with something, Jet.com, we talked about last week. Very yeah. small, and then, boom, they do everything. Right? They're Walmart.com now, yeah. Exactly. So, so I, you know what? I appreciate the uniqueness of what these people are do, they're doing. I hope it works out for them as long as it does, and I hope yes. they make a crap ton of money. So do but I. But it's finite. It's it's short-term gig. Yeah, and, that, and here's the thing. We don't know that for a fact, but here's what we do know. 
even if it is finite, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's fine too. This is idiots versus idiots. What do I know? Okay, I'm guessing. Literally here, nothing. All right, I'm guessing here. All right. That cowboy yeah. hat keeps the intelligent from coming into your brain. <laughs> But this next story is something very interesting is, is people in the content business. Uh, we've watched, uh, you know, people like Glenn Greenwald, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Taibbi of, of Rolling Taibbi, Stone. Yeah. Which was actually upon- the first time I've actually heard this company be mentioned was okay. by Matt Taibbi. I mean, I, I literally had no idea what this was yeah. until he goes, and, hey, check out my Substack. And, and Yeah, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald uh, started The Intercept. Because he didn't like how he was being treated at other publications, mm-hmm. and during the last run, the last run of the last election, uh, Glenn Greenwald is super lefty, and that's fine. I actually enjoy Glenn Greenwald. Mm-hmm. He left the Intercept because he they wouldn't let him publish what the editors, his own publication editors that uh, you know kind of technically worked for him, they wouldn't let him publish things that were perceived as being anti-Biden. Okay. Right which the guy was half asleep for a campaign, uh, but I digress. Uh, he started a Substack, and a lot of these people uh, who went over there, like, I'm making yeah. more money. Uh, so, a bunch okay, of people- so let's back up a second. What we're talking about, folks, is a company called Substack, right? Right. That's what this is about. It essentially is, uh, the easiest way to describe Substack is it's it's a, a easy-to-use platform that is essentially newsletter-based, right? It's it's not a new concept. Newsletters have been around since the beginning of the internet, right? And even before that, I had a guy, I had an assistant manager that worked for me back in the day in retail that actually ended up quitting his job as assistant manager. He had a hobby in um, trains, like old-school train sets and stuff like that. It was his deal. He liked it, whatever. He started literally a stamp mail like he printed every week a newsletter about trains and he ended up having so many people subscribe to it that he could quit his job. All he had to do was play around with trains and write this newsletter every week. And I was, hey, you go do it, man. You make your money. Yeah, that's absolutely. The power, that's the power of newsletters. And all Substack has basically done, put themselves in direct competition with like MailChimp, Medium, Patreon, some of these others, and said, hey, let's give you an easy format to upload your content, an easy format for people to subscribe and pay you for that subscription, and we're just going to take 10% off the top. Yeah, and uh, I would say it's it's a newsletter meets a blog, kind of. But with a sure. front end, it, something we've talked about a lot about on this podcast is how consumers are trained. So right. consumers are trained to consume new, like, you know, I call them the newspaper websites. They are consumed, they're trained to consume those without paying because of ads. Um, but they are consumed, they are prepared to pay for newsletters. So sure. I think that this is a brilliant business. People a brilliant are prepared business. to pay for what they, the content they want. Right. Because that's the problem with anything uh, from any major news network, any major anything. It all gets aggregated to this average. Right. And people will pay for content that they want or really want to hear. Right. Whether it's true or not. But they want her to. And this is a this is what they call kind of influencer style journalism. If I like a particular influencer, I'm going to like the content they're putting out. 
and I'd be willing to pay, which is Patreon for YouTube and everything else. Right. It's just a more of an indirect way where this is a more direct way, right? Is I'm going to give you $2 a week, $3, whatever their whatever subscription is. cost is. And you're going to give me the direct information because I like you. I'm going to look, this sounds like to me, Oprah would have been big on this back in the day, right? Sure. Like if Oprah had, yeah. I mean, Oprah's My book club and things. stuff like that, right? Yeah. If Oprah had a sub stack back in the day, it would have just made her billions on top of the billions she already had, right? It just, here's all it does. And there's nothing new under the sun. We've said this a couple times on the show. It gives the newsletter a shiny new tech feel that makes it not so arduous and like silly that I have a newsletter. And what I think is interesting is what we're seeing across the media in general is creators, authors, writers, what have you, being squeezed out of being able to say what they want to say because the advertiser, whatever, right. you know? Absolutely. And listen, the, the genesis of Idiots versus Idiots was a political show, which I later was like, no, nah, we can't do a political show because we'll never turn this into um, any money. It's just going to be a hobby because YouTube, and listen, our one video about the former president of this country, nothing political whatsoever we said right. about him. We right. didn't say we were, we liked him or disliked mm -hmm. him. We had a neutral dialogue about what he, whatever. What I can't even say his name. Yeah. Is considered unmonetizable by YouTube. Or because limited monetization of the matter, right? Even but though we, it's not. And, and so, and yeah. so, and so, here's what happened: is similarly, Patreon did the exact same thing, which they said, "Hey, we're going to let the the consumer decide, and the consumer can go right to you. Can you can go have a direct relationship with your followers, your users, whatever customers, however you want to, whatever term you want to use." What happened with Patreon? And this is a curiosity in my brain. Okay, is will you know Substack because all of these all of these writers are now going to Substack. Mm -hmm. Will we see a similar push in the future to say, oh my gosh, this one person has a bajillion Substack subscribers, they're making money. Mastercard should not allow this. Substack well, should now allow these not allow these people on our platform. Look, blah, if there's blah, blah, anybody blah, blah. out there that can find a way to not pay somebody, they're going to do it, right? Like that's of course. Just, that's the way it works. But here, look, I, I, I don't think that Substack is something new, but I think there's there's a place for it. Now, will it, again— It's a new approach to an old idea. I think right, that's a fair, but yeah. I also longevity of it. So, so one of the things I was curious as I was reading up on this story, I found— it was described by a lot of people that have used Substack and then maybe moved on and some that are still on, that it's more like a stepping stone, right? Okay. So like you said, the intercept or whatever, that, that it's a great way, and the, re the way they mocked it up was it was a great starter for media networks. If your idea is to create a media network of some kind, this platform was great for you as a starting point, as a stepping stone of creating an audience getting them to pay you right. for your for your information but then you quickly outgrow right like like well, it, to go from this one type of content to the next step that it's it's a it's a stepping stone in in the case of Matt Taibbi and Glenn Greenwald it's the opposite right 
because they went from huge publications to their own Substack. And in the case of Glenn Greenwald, Glenn Greenwald started The Intercept and then left The Intercept. Right. So it's a little... Well, I, no, I, no, I, no. I mean that for them individually. I'm saying that if Matt right, Taibbi turns okay. around and at some point creates his own channel, his own media channel, and that's what I'm talking right. about, then he would outgrow Substack, is my point. It's, right, it's a but, great way to go yeah. out on your own, get people to pay you directly instead of relying on whatever company you're working for. Right. In his case, is what, Rolling Stone and a couple of yep. other people, right? And he still he still has a podcast at Rolling Stone called, I think it's Brilliant Idiots or is something it useful else. Idiots useful. Or bril- useful, useful Idiots? Useful Idiots. Well, him and uh, what's the lady's name? They do it together. Crystal Ball. No, no, Crystal Ball's on The Rising. Um, no, I know. Well, maybe he added her on as a guest It doesn't or matter. It's called Useful Idiots. Yeah. You can Google it. It's You know what I mean? It's actually a really right. decent show. Um, I've never watched it. I just but, know Crystal Ball because I I have a picture of me and Crystal Ball somewhere. Oh, really? Yeah, I've met Crystal Ball a I, couple Hey, times. I do watch The Rising. I'm a riser. I don't. The, um, uh, I, I do like, I the do rising like is when stupid. I see. It is not. Shut your face. Anybody the, uh, who likes The Rising is stupid. Moron. You're stupid. You're an idiot. The uh, yeah. s- Look, I do like when I'm looking at stories like this, I always want to see – I don't want to always just read what Substack has to say. I don't right. always want to read just what the people that have, that are using it have to say. I also right. try to find out the things that people that used it in the past or have success okay. using it. Um, came across – and I came across several people. Uh, Heather Cox Richardson apparently did a U.S. political history subscription newsletter. The lady's banking more than a million dollars in annual revenue. Good for her. U.S. political history. Now, I can't think of anything more mind-numbing or wanting to pull my teeth out yeah, than I reading already... weekly articles about Listen, U.S. political history. You just but... explained it to me, and uh, my brain cells all at the same time <laughs> just jumped off of a ridge in my brain, and they but all died. a million died. dollars in annual revenue, Danny. Good for her. Million for her. bucks? That's a like, lot of money. You, could I have pitched to you a U.S. political history show and you in any world thought, oh, that's a million dollars idea? Yeah. No, like, there's no I, such I would, thing. They would not been in my realm of thought, right? You know what I mean? It Look, he, and all of this culminates to – all of this comes down to – I wanted to tell you this because I didn't know because in my research, again, I pick on Danny because he, you know – chooses these articles and then chooses not to read anything about them that's um, untrue but uh, that is I, I false figured danny may not have heard because it just ha- we're recording this on friday um just on tuesday of this week so we're recording this on friday the 29th of night. january and on tuesday of this week yeah substack apparently is afraid because twitter has bought out a company called Re- review which okay. is in the same business as Substack. Ooh. Twitter is moving into the Substack, the newsletter business. Twitter is moving into everything. Twitter has a clubhouse competitor too. So I appreciate that Twitter is now going full Facebook and saying, middle finger to the sky, we're going to invest into everything. We're going, I didn't and- know this piece of information for the first time in idiots versus idiots history, big man had a piece of information that I didn't have. It happens every week, and they know because they watch. No, but, this is but one anyway, the first time. But yes, so and it'll Twitter, never happen again. 
And I literally and- intentionally withhold information because Big Man <laughs> always says he has more information than I do. And I literally withhold things that I find in my research so I can best him on a uh, show that we do as partners. That And that's, that's it, right? Com- competition is a good thing. But yeah. I thought this was really cool because you take – look. And this is kind of goes back to what we were talking about and we've talked about before. You have these big companies, Twitter, Facebook, Google, whatever. One of the things that they've gotten really good at is right. watching. And look, these are all companies that aggregate data, right? That's really what of their course. business is, is aggregating data. So they go out there and they're on the forefront to go, well, holy crap, Substack is making a mint and right. doing this business, let me go find a company that I can purchase. And oh, by the way, this review is some small mom and pop, yeah, of course. like foreign company that just basically has the infrastructure, right? And a startup kind of thing. But they can go acquire this and immediately get into this business in a fraction of the time exactly. that it took Substack to get up and running, right? right. And then they had, the, they had the billions of dollars to market it to everybody like it's a brand new thing like it's the yes. next big thing right and that may even have a a better product they might but they, but they can't they cannot compete with they don't have twitter's, twitter's ad campaigns they right? don't have and they can't like and they also can't compete with twitter's money they can't compete with twitter's they twitter has a legion a legion well, and in this kind of case programs. the first to market, let me finish my sentence big man no. Twitter so has a legion of Twitter has a legion of programmers that can mm-hmm. that once once this product is uh is is purchased by Twitter that can bulk it up. They yes. can build a better version of it. So, what were you going to say? It's probably something idiotic and, and inane. I don't even remember now. Who cares? Who it was cares? that it was it was it that, was that important. It look, they it boils down to money, right? They have money right. that they can shove at it. Money into programmers, money into marketing, money into getting it out there. They have a cult following, again, audience, yeah. right? They have a massive yeah. audience that they can advertise this to for free, yes. right? Like, again, all of this comes back to first, that's what I was going to say, first to market, as much as we harp on that, that first to market is important. In this case, being second, third, fourth to market, if you have the ad budget behind it, if you already have an audience, if you already, it can make it much easier. Yeah. So I actually don't, and I disagree. I think I disagree with the big man on this one. I actually don't see first to market as an advantage. I see first to market as a disadvantage because the first guy through the wall gets bloody. The second guy already has a door cut out for him. So I think if you look at it, and if we if we if we if we view and look at social media as a as an example, who was really the fr- Friendster? Who remembers? Fr- no one's using Friendster. Who's using MySpace? Nobody's using any of those platforms, right? Mm-hmm. The third or fourth guy through the door, Facebook, ends up having the staying power because they learned what did MySpace do wrong. And listen, we all have to give a huge apology. Tom from MySpace. Bro, you were so cool. You didn't spy on us for the government, right? You let us have music on our profiles. We're so sorry. Yeah. I'm just happy that you sold your company to Fox News, and then you took a bunch of money and went and started Tom's Shoes, and you gave shoes to poor African children that didn't have shoes or something. 
you know, and you start a shoe company with your own name. That's super cool. But again, dude, we're so sorry, man. We're hey, so. He made sure that every MySpace user had at least one friend. All right. Every That's right, man. User had at least one. Come for MySpace. We all the country. The country owes you an apology. That okay? is true. Facebook has aggregated volumes and volumes. You know, quint quintirabyte, like just volumes of like server farms of data on this entire country yes and the guy from myspace was super chill let you write your own html code on your page you see how i didn't make fun of you stuttering your words right there see see how i didn't make fun of you for stuttering your but you did to me earlier you see this is the epitome of idiots it. versus oh it's a, oh you deserve it you non-deserving me deserve. That's correct. Okay, I just That's I just want to make sure everybody knows the double standard. Yes. that is the idiots versus there is, idiots show. There is absolutely double standard. That's why we have a show. Oh. All right, all right. All right. Uh, let's get. Should we next jump story. into this next one? Yeah. This next story kind of makes me sad. I don't know if it makes you sad. <laughs> it uh, makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. So listen, LG Lucky Gold Star, which is what LG stands for, by the way. I did not know that. Is that really what it? Yep. Lucky Gold Star. That is true. Yeah. Because I, when uh, the first LG phones dropped in this in this this year country, they dropped on Verizon, and I was one of their first customers. And I used a specific program at Verizon where I would call customer service, complain about the service. They would give me the phone for a hundred, whatever the price was of the phone, and they give me a and they give me a credit to go along with it. So I got it for free. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I remember the guy going, well, it's a lucky gold star or something or other. And I couldn't get on the computer to look it up because I was using the phone. It was dialing. <laughs> so and we only had the one line. Uh, that is awesome. LG may be exiting the smartphone space. And let me tell you why it's sad to me. I've been a longtime user of LG's goods and services. Yeah. I have had every – I went. I switched from the, the year the exploding note came out – I'd switched to a Nexus device, and I went from Nexus to LG's V10 series, and I've had every single V-series phone they've ever come out with ever since then. And this is the LG Wing, as I just displayed here. It has a slide-out screen. I'm doing it backwards so you people don't see my notifications. But <laughs> this big man edits these videos, and I know he doesn't know how to blur anything yet. No, no, so, no. So... I, I just think it's I think what's interesting to, to, to talk about here is we are going from Ford GM and then Chrysler to it's just going to be Samsung and Apple at this point. Really, well, that's Samsung, all it's going to be. Google and Apple, right? Samsung, Google. And, but look, yeah, but I, I, Google, I, no one buys the Google. Google does not have they're a Google's phones are not a commodity the same way Samsung Android phones no, are. No, and I agree with you there, but they're they're always going to be in the, the the market. Here's what I like. I read this headline a couple of days ago, and I'm glad that you added this to the list today because the headline to me says it all. It says LG leaving the phone market isn't good for anyone except LG. And it's the truth. If you really dig yeah. down into this, LG has always made a good phone. Android gave them a horrible product to go on their phone, which has been one of the right. issues, like you, you alluded to, right? The using of the LG phone. The LG phone, like a car manufacturer, you've got the in, you've got what? The mechanics of the car, right? The engine, the transmission, the stuff. Right. And then you have how it looks. Two completely different things, right? The LG always made a good phone. It was like having a great engine 
in a nice car that had right. a bad operating system, right? Yeah. Because Android wasn't giving it the full Android because it wasn't yeah. an Android phone. Yeah, right? it was an Android phone. Well, but I mean, it wasn't a... My, my point is, is the software that ran on LG phones, especially in the beginning, wasn't the software that were available on other phones. Yeah, so that's it, true. It had an inferior product on a, a Corvette engine, right? And yeah. that, I think, that hurt it in the long run. Your analogy then, is a garbage well, maybe analogy. maybe it's just a, a bad It's a analogy. dumpster fire. Okay, it's a dumpster Your fire. Your analogy is a dumpster fire. The point is, is they got they got a bad rep from the go. Is that what they say? Right. There you go. Okay. Well, okay. They didn't I don't have know what you're footing. talking about. What's that? They didn't have equal footing, is my point. Okay. okay. Well, that may or may not be true. I don't know what you're talking about. Here, let me here's put the it... real point I was trying to get to, though. Okay. The real point Finally, is get to your they've point never made a ton of money making phones. It's highly competitive. They're never going to, as you said, compete in today's market. And there was a quote that I like here because I used the, the I like the wording that they use. It says the three companies that own all the mind share, right? Mind share is the key word here. That make right. all the profits are Apple, Google, and Samsung. And Mindshare is the key here, right? LG probably has just as many phones as Samsung out has out, but they're not making the money because you don't go into a store going, hey, I want the newest LG. Right. And and here's what I will say, right? The reason I've been an LG phone user as long as I have is because they always cram it with the best top-of-the-line chip, okay? Mm -hmm. And they did not forced me to use Bixby because that is when I transitioned from being a Samsung guy to being a LG person is because of Bixby. And I don't want, and I let me repeat, I don't want any of these assistants on my phone. Right. Right. I don't even have, uh, I, I don't even have, I don't even have on my keyboard, on my, my keyboard on the phone. I don't even have like autocorrect because I don't want this thing learning how I type. So you are so, I, you are so like you are a closet like what is that called like um where a luddite just, whatever a luddite. that okay then fine I'm not it, a closet it, luddite I love technology my point is is that you you love what technology brings you but you battle against it constantly right like yeah I can't imagine why this tool exists to autocorrect why wouldn't you use it the tool exists i'm voice paranoid to about it i'm paranoid I, and that's where it closet. is you're paranoid i'm not closet your paranoia i'm openly paranoid you're openly paranoid but i and i don't and, get it and soon and soon on riselentless.com you will be able to buy a mug because only the paranoid survive <laughs> be available very soon no no i'm not paranoid coming. and i'll survive because uh, paranoid and think. planning are two different things uh, right. Yeah. Okay. But Zombie apocalypse I, happens tomorrow. I'll be here five days from now. Your butt won't. Uh, look. the The fact is, is in the reason the headline exists, it's leaving. It's it's great for every. It's bad for everyone except for LG. LG makes way more money off of smart washing machines. They make way right. more money and off fridges. of these smart refridges, right? And um, TVs, televisions, and stuff like they the, they hey, make so much what? money in other places. Yeah, your favorite electric car company, Tesla. They use LG screens in their Model 3. LG as a screen manufacturer makes plenty of money. LG supplies screens to Sony sometimes, yes. right? LG was making solar panels. I don't I don't know if they yeah. still do, but they were making solar panels at one time. The point is is they are making money hands over fist with all these other lines. And they thought that cell phones was going to be yet another one of those lines and it just hasn't panned out. And sometimes you just got to cut the fat. So, right. 
Um, what I find interesting, though, is there are competing articles out there where the head of LG's mobility division is saying, we're not getting out of the business. Right. We are going to show a profit in 2021. We are here to stay. And we'll see. But what I think is more interesting about this story is this thing, this smartphone, okay, 10, year, 10, 15 years ago, I was one of the first smartphone people of my group of friends. They're like, oh, my goodness, dude, I have a razor. Why do you have such a big phone? <laughs> now, all of these ding-dongs are attached to these things like they are the lifesavers. Yep. And uh, I resist. I was one of those on the opposite side of you. I was one of those idiots. I resisted the smartphone as long right. as possible. Like I went so, through the again, quirky keyboard stage, yep. the all yep. of it. So listen, I again, let's recall who called who a luddite here. I'm an early adopter of this technology. I love it. However, it's got to a point where the the evolution every year, because you know CES and all this other stuff. There's no more evolution. It's just revolution. It's just minor, minor, you know, just little tweaks. And so we're getting to a point where the, uh, the, the, the supply, not the supply chain, but the buy cycle of right. like, like if my parents didn't have a deal where I got them a new phone every year because they were in a lease deal, Mm-hmm. They could go two years or three years without getting a new phone and not. I notice. still do. I, I but again, I they know. push this cycle on us. In the beginning, it was only every two or three years, and right. they, then it came down. And now, all of a sudden, it's got to not even a full year. You don't even get a full year before the next Samsung comes out, the next iPhone comes out. I mean, they push it just as quickly the next version. And like you said, there there doesn't seem to be a lot of hell. You can even say in some cases, especially with again, iOS, iPhone, and I know you and I aren't big fans, that right. in some fashions they regress in the next version, like a when they took bit. away the 3.5 yeah. head jack, right? And yeah. stuff like that. They get these dumb decisions, and then they fix it on the next model, and maybe right. that's why they do come out so often. So like so like this device right here, like I said, is the LG Wing. has three cameras. I remember, I think it was the V10 or the V20 from LG, had two cameras. And that was already a revolution, right? That was yeah. like, holy crap, two cameras. Now we're at three cameras. Some of these Nokias, we're, we're going to do a story about them next week. They have four cameras, ten cameras. What are we doing here? Like, I we, Well, I don't always understand why they add things. At the end of the day... You know, when you're doing perceived value, things, big man, perceived, perceived value. value, and that, and I do understand that that's that's the point. Is I can say that it now has this, whether you use it or not, ever, or you know what I mean, is is not is irrelevant, but it has it right. But I, I again, I think for LG, they and you're right, they keep going back and forth. There's nobody that, at LG that said they are definitely shutting down the phone market, right? Uh, but there are definitely I th- when these kind of stories come out, somebody's saying it. Like nobody outside of LG is gives a crap enough there, to say guessing. LG should yeah. get out of the business. Somebody is saying something to somebody that says LG should get out of the business or is going to eventually. And, and the president's also, job is to just say, "Hey, we're in it for the long haul." We're you right, know. and you know what I find interesting is, you know, the the smartphone market went from Japan, um, Sony, and those kinds of companies, and Sony was. By the way, for people who don't know, uh, Sony was cited as the company that Apple ripped off for its most infamous iPhone 4 came from a Sony design, literally. Um, and it's it came out of a court case. I didn't know that, but not surprising. Right. So it shifted from 
Japan to South Korea, and now from South Korea to China, and now China and India because some of the some of the Chinese companies, India is rejecting them, and India and China are China is about to outpace India for population, or at least it was pre Dosekis. And China is now, or India rather, is going to be the market where the Chinese are like, holy crap, if we're not in India, we're doomed. But the Indian government is saying, we don't want your garbage. We want Indian-produced manufactured right. goods. So the Chinese companies and Taiwanese companies are now building factories in India to build phones, just like Apple is. But I just think it's interesting that in such a short time span, like 15 minutes in the grand scheme of human history, Korea, South Korea had this massive conglomeration and control over the smartphone market. And the last player that was giving Samsung any sort of competition is teetering on the brink of not, not existing in the business. Right. And that is crazy to me that I lived through Motorola. Stopping, they right like they stopped. I was mattering. big into, I was a big Motorola fan back in the day. I was a big, you know what I mean, Motorola fan. But again, that's you. That's but I think that is the now and the future. I think you're going to see things come and go. And we again, we talk about this almost every episode. Being nimble, being yeah. able to 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 listen to who's buying your product, who's listening to your product, who's using your product, and 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 changing in category. And I think that's where you get. Look, LG's been around a long time. Right. Yeah, they're that's not why going they make, anywhere. That's why they make so many things and whatever. Yeah. So they've been around a long time, but a company that's been around that long isn't always necessarily great at listening to their audience. I mean, you look at a company like LG; they've been around long enough that there was a time that here you can only buy three different washers and dryers. Right? There's only three right. companies that make them. You're gonna make. You're gonna buy ours, or you're not. And we may not. We may be the only ones selling in your area. So you want right. our washer and dryer, you buy it, right? So there was a time and a place where that's not the way products worked. You didn't have 50,000 choices and right. you didn't have yeah. all these available. But you, in today's world, in the future, you've got to be nimble. You've got to change. And guess what? Having the best product doesn't always mean that it's the best received, right? No. That Just because you have – and the reason I love LG is because they experimented with form factors – I just got that phone that I showed you guys a week ago. Before that, I had a phone that had a dual screen case. It was impossible to carry and uh, clunky, and the UI was useless, so I only carried it with the one screen ever. But it was cool. The concept that I had two screens and it wasn't a dumb foldable with a huge vein going down the middle, and I was going to destroy it by poking it with my fat fingers. <laughs> I actually have really beautiful slender fingers. I could be a hand model. I do not. But go ahead. I know. But I just thought it was an interesting story because um, as we're seeing the Chinese market grow uh, and the, 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 the middle of the pack is starting to really have really, really, really good hardware. And uh, Android is so robust as an operating system that you really don't have to tweak it. Like, like when LG and Samsung first started making Android phones, they really had to tweak the operating system to make right. it function, right? And they don't have to do that anymore. You can just plop stock Android onto something, and it's great. So I just feel yeah. like, and especially with the last administration, 
having a problem with one of the larger Chinese manufacturers, mm-hmm. the Korean op- the South Korean option was really good because people were concerned about spying and so on and so forth. And um, well, I just losing, thought it was an interesting story. Losing competition, in my opinion, now again, I'm a capitalist, losing competition is rarely good for an overall industry, okay? LG leaving the phone market will not make everybody else better. It will make everybody else no, worse. No, it won't. Right? If, I, yeah, if your listen. phone market comes down to Samsung, iPhone, and let's just, again, keep Google in there because Google is Google and can do anything they want, right? Right. If, if those are ultimately, you can only get three different products. Yeah. It And they're only competing with each other. They really aren't even competing with each other anymore. Right. And let's, let's, let's leave out this. Let's not even mention the dark horse candidate in this regard, Microsoft. They were supposed to come out with a big, I think they might've come out. I don't even know. They were supposed to have a surface phone. The surface duo was supposed to come out. I think it has launched, but um, because I, I just, that's what I would have purchased actually. But I do think that if they want to kind of get into the Android business, because they have become a significant player in hardware, right? Their surface phones and surface lap or sorry, surface laptops and surface tablets are quality material. They're quality. Yes, they are. really good. Yes, they are. And if they want to get into the Android business as and you know, skin Android with Microsoft's, you know, uh, kind of vibe, I actually think they could be super successful. And I do think that they could not knock, but they could uh, replace LG, LG right. yeah. as that as that player. And Microsoft is not new to doing this. I mean, Microsoft initially approached Nintendo and said, hey, we're really good at doing hardware. We suck at everything else. Can we build you the next Nintendo system? And Nintendo laughed in their face. Oh, so wow. Microsoft just that. came out. Yeah. Microsoft just came out with Xbox on its own. After yeah. having approached Nintendo and said, let us build it for you. Wow. And you brand it as Nintendo. And they said, we don't need you. And now Nintendo doesn't matter. Well, well Nintendo but, Switch, but. But that goes to my point is you're talking about a company like Microsoft. And when you get to the big players like this and you say, okay, you know what I mean? Google, Apple, Android, you know, that kind of Samsung. It would take somebody like Microsoft to get into the industry. Now, we're not talking about Joe Bob over here starts a, a phone manufacturing company and right. can get it off the ground, right? That's the thing about when you get this big, it makes it harder for smaller people to move in that may be innovating, that may have come up with the next big thing. But what's that, interesting, you know what I mean? though, is like cell phones, smartphones, and, I, and this is what I initially wanted to say and completely forgot. They're a commodity now, Right. right. We're at a point where if you go buy a two hundred dollars smartphone, you can walk into Best Buy, buy a two or three hundred dollars smartphone, and it's seventy percent as good as the thousand dollars smartphone. And mm-hmm. it's it's as good as a thousand dollars smartphone was two years ago. So somebody well, and the technology in, may only be that eighteen months to two yes. years old. So and that's what is kind of where we're at because I bought this phone with a slightly slower processor than my other phone. It's just as fast. So Right. Your user experience, right, is yeah. just as fast. They make this with TVs and stuff like that, right? Your eye can only see so much. And, uh, you know, processing. Yeah. I, I used to I don't make this want argument. 8K, computer- dude. I don't yeah. want freaking 8K. <laughs> 1080p as high as I'm going. That's what? it. 
look again usage right that yeah. kind of stuff but again i just want to see a marketplace where things get the better. aliens are using 8k and i'm gonna say this just at the end of this just to make sure that i get this out there because i believe this is i i think this argument of what goes into this phone is is a also has a very short shelf life in the near future cloud computing is where all this stuff goes in the very near future you're going to be paying cloud computing to do this and what you're buying this becomes really inexpensive because it's just what you're carrying in your pocket everything that happens on this is controlled somewhere else is that because like a three-year-old s9 this is a, a yeah a samsung s9 plus all right again i told you i keep my phones forever I my point though do. is is that's the future right that is the, that's the the outline that's going in what you carry in your pocket will have next to nothing and it. it'll be super cheap and super cheap to replace and what you'll be paying for is what's happening somewhere else now nah, that's the I, I disagree i disagree but let's roll on to this next story okay and what is this next story uh this next story is Gary V, one of is, our favorites, is dumb. This next story is dumb. Well, the way you've made the way you said that makes it sound like you think Gary V is dumb. I don't think he's dumb. I think he's very smart. No, 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 no. The story. Okay, let me let me look. I have to bag on Danny all the time about things, and one of the things that I get onto him for is, look, Danny. I'm willing to admit this. Curia, curates, curates, right? Curates. Yeah. He, curates he finds. The stories that we talk about 99% of the time, and I appreciate him for that, blah, 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 yada, yada, you know, whatever. The point is, though, when Danny sends me the stories we're going to talk about, normally they have links associated with them that says, hey, basically, here's where I'm getting this information. Here's why I think this story is important. The problem is, is sometimes the stories where Danny curates the content is so far outside the box of what the story is, it's asinine. This is one of those stories. So what is the subject matter, Danny? Okay, story. so my general, the general thing I wanted to talk about was yes, as cannabis. I think that's the appropriate usage here. I don't think we're allowed to say the other word. Okay, um, he's trying to fancy this up for you, folks. No, no, no. Let let me read this to you. Here's the subject line that Danny sent me. As more influencers get into the herbal remedy space, will it finally hit pay dirt? Now, that's what he sent me as the title for what we're going to discuss now because and let, me, let me tell you why no let me tell you why it's pay dirt because dan bilzerian who is a social influencer an instagram like the original male instagram model I, that's unfair but he got into the business with his business with, with ignite and it, he lost a hundred million dollars the first year right so some of the larger players that are getting into it are not turning a profit. They're losing money. No, and I, the story, yes, you're talking about the subject matter of the story. That's not what I'm getting. Uh, that's not what I'm making fun of you for. What I'm making fun of you for is the link to the story that gave Danny this idea. Yeah, okay. Is so, not about the su It's loosely based on the subject matter. And he tried to go into it very, very briefly there. Is it's a link to a story where Juicy J and yeah, Gary rapper, V Mafia. teamed up. Yes. For uh, on, a, on a product asterisk, 
right? Yeah, call, uh, on an herbal remedies brand called Asterix. Okay. I, I think that it's the reason it's important, the reason it's interesting isn't because of Juicy J. It's because of Gary V. Okay. This is still but a product out of that all is wide. Ways, herbal remedies have been around forever. Okay. Okay. Snake oil salesman back in the day. Like herbal remedies. This is not what I meant by herbal remedies, though. I, I didn't mean herbal that. remedies. I understand that. But as that was it a goes, colloquialism. That was a colloquialism. You're meaning herbal I don't know as that in you this do. case, marijuana, right? Which, again, has been around forever as an herbal remedy. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. You know, before it was started regulated in 1940s and stuff. Anyway, I could go into the whole history of that. The point is, is herbal remedies have been around forever. People and people of stature making crap tons of money from them has been around forever. In this one, I do get, it's just so out, far outside of the box. I do, however, gave me my favorite quote of the day, and it, it says, the days of the dull dime bag are over. Yes. I don't know. I've never consumed <laughs> cannabis ever in my life. That's you, a true fact. I, I have not either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have not either. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, in case this accidentally pops up in one of your kids' feeds, I guess we'll go with that. But no, I just think it's interesting that we're seeing um, this, which is a technically federally illegal business. Yes. But so widely legal in so many states. Some like 30 states or something have already hit legalization. Sure. There is bound to be a Philip Morris type company that emerges as the dominant player. And why wouldn't it be like Mike Tyson has in has a huge, massive marijuana farm, a cannabis farm. Yeah. And CBD oil. And look, how many companies are out there right now? Thousands of websites out there. They're trying to get off the ground of selling their version, uh, their formula of CBD oil and yeah, products like the Cheech, and lotions. I think it's and... Cheech or Chong, one of those guys, has a mm -hmm. CBD gummy co a CBD company. I yep. bought their CBD gummies. Not very, it didn't work for me. Well, and that's my point. That, look, this this is my in this is my issue. With the entire industry of oh, here remedies, we go herbal remedies big, and stuff big like man that. has another issue with something. What's new? <laughs> I have an issue with anything that says they do something that they don't. That's what I have an issue with. Okay, I, I I'm sorry. I have what they call integrity, right? That I have an issue with any product problem anything that's promoted that doesn't accomplish the goal that it sets forth now you can't do it everywhere here's what i used to i used to work in pharmacies back in the day it was my first real big job was working in pharmacies and my whole thing was people would come up to the counter and they say hey does fill in the blank product right over the counter herbal remedy blah 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 does fill in the uh, blank fat pro fat reducing product work and my answer all to them always was if it worked a hundred percent of the time for a hundred percent of the people it would be back here behind the counter making a thousand dollars a bottle and not making out there making 30 and it's the well, truth okay right so when i again the point i was trying to talk about was not what big man is talking about is not his gripe okay and you i i will say i'm telling you my opinion but right. go ahead I'm just saying Jessica Alba owns a company called Honest or something like that. They sell cleaning products. Right. I just think 
we have reached a point now where there's wide legalization in states and in a country, for instance, like Canada, where it's legal across the right. whole country, where we are now going to see influencers openly having their own brand in the space. And right. I just thought that was interesting. And when you I don't see know that it's a, look, have you look, have you never heard of Snoop Dogg? This guy's been openly for this industry for 30 know, years. But, okay? Yeah, I know. But in, listen, I am just saying that I think this was interesting because it's Gary V. When you see a guy who has an institutional venture capital fund, RSE Vayner, mm -hmm. when you see a guy like that, you put his name behind something it creates a sense of legitimacy and i think we're approaching a point where i disagree i had the utmost respect for gary v you know this you and i both big i don't gary know v that fans. i know this okay you and i both big gary v fans right who is it but that's my point is again again just because gary v went into business with this guy does not automatically give him credibility okay no that's, that's, you say this guy Juicy J is a multi-platinum award-winning rapper. Okay, it doesn't Memphis matter. Memphis City Key, baby, come on. Okay, that doesn't make him a herbal remedies specialist. Okay, <laughs> he's a rapper. All right. Yeah, no, actually, That's... it kind of does. <laughs> well, actually, maybe in you're this, wrong. In this yeah. particular situation, maybe you're wrong. You know, okay. That I, actually right, makes right, him right. an expert. My, no, my point just... though is, is he's not. He's not. You know what I mean. Uh, Okay. nature made or or whatever let me let me oh my goodness i'm not talking about natural remedies I across the board what you're talking about. i don't think you do i 100 percent know okay. what you're talking about okay now let me ask you let me pose this question to you okay when when you see institutional investors get involved in a business that is federally illegal you don't think it lends credibility to the entire industry no. you don't think gary v's going at his office in the stockyards in new york going well federal federal legalization is probably around the corner might as well jump in early right i would agree to that i would agree okay. that federal legislation is 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 right around the corner there's legislation might introduced have... right yeah. that and it, absolutely and should you hedge a bet into that in a in a what you think are... is a budding <laughs> no no pun intended budding market right but i agree with that however this is one of the dumbest ways I could ever think to go about it. Why? Because it... <laughs> All right. I... Look, again, been in business okay. a long time. Okay. I know let's, a lot of business let's, people. Let's, okay, wait, wait. I know let's people think... that are running okay. some of these dispensaries and, and, and farming and stuff like that in states where it is legal. Okay? Right. And, and I know people in several different states and different states doing things widely differently because there yes. are... Very, you know, very state specific. Yeah. So, so there are a, a billion ways to get a piece of this industry that aren't this dumb. Okay, let's let's clear the slate. Let's see what what how how do you do it? If you're you're big man, dude, how they're do you already the doing it. You you, okay. you either grow or you dispense. It's not brain science. There, here's my deal. This you read this article you sent me, and what is the whole Gary V thing getting it? And I and I actually understand Gary V's concept here is I'm taking a big name guy that a whole bunch of people know, right? The rapper I don't know of him, but you do. So I'm I'm. Yeah, taking but I, here's the thing that he's a big name guy. What I'm saying guy. is he took two groups of people, Gary V fans, 
and Juicy J fans, Gary Vee has a much larger audience. Sure. And he put them together and he created a brand. I just think... He created a brand that does what? Sells herbal remedy. And, well, okay. Again, you have an existing dispensaries, farmers, all these different ways that Gary V could have stepped into this industry. He could have literally made Gary V dispensaries and done this in a more straightforward way than partnering with some random rapper to come up with a company called Asterix with an asterisk at the end of the name asterisk, which to me, I don't even understand. But, okay, here's the word asterisk. So really, your brand name is asterisk asterisk? Because that's what it says. It's got an asterisk at the end of the asterisk name. So it's asterisk asterisk. And your your tagline is a multimedia lifestyle brand developing high-quality merch and music. All packaged with a beautiful design. That's the tagline of the business. Doesn't even re- doesn't even in the tagline of the business mention the herbal remedy you're referring to. Maybe I misunderstood something because I thought they were dropping. Oh, whatever. The point I think is, ultimately, they want to, but they're not currently. This is my point where it just didn't make sense in the two connecting. But again, Gary V, much respect. And if he wants to dip his toe into the herbal remedy market, the CBD market, right. the marijuana market, I am all for it. I agree with you in that there's already legislation in the national government under, under the current administration trying to get this out of that control one category. And by the way, did all you know that Gar- did you know that Gary V owns Green Street Agency, which is a creative agency dedicated to cannabis co-owned by Gary Vaynerchuk. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. There's an my entire po- agency well, out there that he owns a part of. A couple of years ago when I was I took my family to Colorado on vacation, we rented a cabin up in the mountains. And I and as we're driving into Colorado and I hadn't been to Colorado in a while, and as we're driving through these small towns, I kept seeing these buildings with you know the 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 old-fashioned red cross symbol yes. like you know that everybody recognizes yeah. red cross or whatever i kept seeing these buildings so it's a red these... box with a white cross in it it usually means right. health right. or but whatever that, yeah red hospital. cross hospitals, hospital right you see them and you know my point is it's easy to recognize right you see yes. it on the side of a building oh that must be a hospital a medical center something right we right. kept driving through these small towns and i would see these decent sized buildings with the exact same logo and design but green instead of red. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I kept seeing them over and over. And it wasn't until we got all the way to our cabin and I sat down and I just finally got to me where I had to Google it. And apparently that, that symbol means that they sell marijuana there. Right. That it's legal in Colorado. And I'm like, but they took the exact, like the exact, like it's a replica of medical and just put it green instead of red. And Again, I, I think it's a little brilliant. On you know what I mean. The back, I right. mean, it's an easy, recognizable right symbol, and it being green and and all. So, of, it's definitely an industry that look. Right. I'm all for it. I, I I'd be a little uh, if I wasn't saying that uh, I would love for the state of Texas to do that because I've got the inside track on on that business as far as getting the you know what I mean suppliers that I know from other states and stuff like that to hook up with dispensaries here in Austin, I'd be all for it. But Let me tell you do something. I think it's going to happen when, in Texas before the national government does it? No. No. When it when when Nevada hit legalization, 
I was in Austin, and my first thought was, I need to move to Las Vegas and become the cannabis king of Nevada. <laughs> and I didn't do it, and to this day, I regret it. Well, but look, and this is this in the industry that this is one of those that look. There's a lot of people trying to get on, even from a distribution side. You're talking about Glacier, which is the if you don't know what Glacier is, they're the distributor for most alcohol, hard liquor, yeah. right? Jack Daniels pays Glacier. Every hard liquor pays Glacier to distribute their product all over America, right? They actually because a couple of years ago, and a lot of people don't know this, Glacier went into Colorado and went into not Colorado, but into Canada and offered to the government of Canada to be their um, government ran distribution yeah. for cannabis, for marijuana. And the reason they did that, they don't give a crap about Canada. What do they uh. want? They want to work out all the kinks and details so that if it ever does, or they think it will, be legal in the United States, that they just go, hey, we've already got this crap figured out. Yep. Here it is. We'll take from those farmers in Colorado, we'll just go ahead and bring it down to Texas, or we'll bring it down. Right, we'll uh, figure yeah, it out. We'll figure it out. That's all their thing is. You know what I mean? I think, again, going back to, you know, I think you the the to the story you have here, the influence in herbal remedies, whether it be marijuana or any other kind of remedy, there are all kinds of stars that are, that are making money off of makeup, that are making money right. off the, right? Aren't several of the Kardashians in certain makeup and certain, you know what I mean, whatever, no, perfumes. Just, just the one, just the one. Perfumes, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's an industry that is that will never end right. because there's no regulation on it. Right, right. Of what effectiveness, right? Efficacy is what they call it. There's no, there's no boundaries. What you can say. No, something the Kardashians, the daughters were at some point in time, pumping diet pills. And they got Didn't paid. They get in trouble though. Didn't they get in trouble? I'm sure though? they like... did. But I'm sure they got a, they got paid two hundred million dollars, and then they had to pay a one point eight million dollar fine. That's right? probably Going what it ended to, up being. One of the speaking of that, and I know because we talked about hedge funds and stuff like that did you see that thing just because it came up and i'm going to talk about it the hedge fund guy that did a news article today that did an interview and said because they're getting beat up on all this stock stuff the game stock or whatever says that it, it threw a pitch fit like a two-year-old diaper yeah. wearing two, two-year-old or whatever and say that said that this shouldn't happen to them that that he paid a five he's a 3.5 3.3 billionaire right 3.3 billion dollars that's not a lot of billions and, but he, his fine for insider trading last year was $5 million. So my point is, it's like you just said with the Kardashians and any remedy they were pushing or whatever. If they made $200 million and they got fined because they were doing something wrong or whatever, $10 million, the math works out, baby. The it's math still works fine. out. And that's why these remedies will go forward. I'm not surprised Gary Vee is doing any of this. My point is, yeah. is, I think it's kind of lame that he did it in this way, partnering okay. with this guy, and yeah. it, it, that's what well, I'm saying. Yeah. So let's just wrap up this story where Big Man complains about everything. Let's close up this episode. I don't complain about everything. You've literally said I don't complain about everything, that I'm very optimistic, but because I complain about one of your stories, come on. Yeah, okay. And this is uh so this is this is Danny of Idiots versus Idiots, and I'm just gonna sign off with a pro tip for all of you. If you read the subtitles of an entire season of any show on Netflix, counts as reading a book. <laughs> you are such an idiot. Right back at you, slick. 
I'm going to quit this show. It's awful. It's e awful. 2 